You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. It's Cross the Line 1524. Join us at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with a glass of bourbon, table 12, as the guys sit around and discuss distilleries, common day events, or whatever comes to the bar top. That's right. Cross the line, 1524. So welcome to Cross the Line, 1524. I'm Alan Stanger, and it's the holiday. It is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, We hope you've had a great Christmas with friends and family. Uh, We're going to have our Cross the Line Christmas upcoming here this week. Uh, But we didn't want to leave you without a podcast, so we're going to take you back a little bit to the history of Christmas, how it all got started. Uh, Of course, all of us in the podcast know that Christmas really starts with Christ, Uh, but we're doing a history of Santa Claus. Uh, So sit back, relax, and enjoy, and then enjoy a little night before Christmas. Hey, I just came back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped off at the North Pole to spend a holiday. I called on dear old Santa Claus just to see what I could see. And you know, he took me to his workshop and he told his plans to me. So you better watch out and you better not cry and you better not pout and I'm a telling you why. Santa Claus is a coming to town. Oh, that's the song that brings back memories for all of us. Big time. So Santa Claus, we got Santa Claus with us here. Ho, ho, ho. There you go. It's been a great night at Speakeasy. And uh, this is part two of our Christmas uh, get-together. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Santa Claus. Of course, what you heard was Burr Lives from the television show back in the early 60s called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, you know, that w- that came out about the same time as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And to me, those are Christmas shows that last forever. Doesn't his, doesn't his voice just make you relax? Oh, it does. I mean, just sit back in a chair. I mean, that's growing up. That was Christmas. Yeah. Remember everybody pawing on the floor? Checking it out. Walking. Well, I mean, going through stores, shopping. Yeah, yeah. You heard music. So a little bit of the history of Santa Claus. So most people think Santa Claus has been around forever and ever. For us, he has been, but that's not really the case. Yeah, and it's, well, and it started, it, it's been different things. So um, going back through uh, through history, uh, Santa's story dates back, dates back to 280 A.D., in uh, what today we would call Turkey. Uh, St. Nicholas was a monk who traveled the countryside to assist the poor and the sick. Uh, One story claims he used his wealth to provide a dowry for three impoverished sisters, saving them from being sold by their father. So, I mean, that was the first first signs of Santa Claus in uh, in history. Um, Or St. Nicholas. Or St. Nicholas, yeah, coming through. Um, You know, and, and if researching this there's so much information out there you go through it i mean his his first name came from the netherlands uh when people from the netherlands migrated to the new world they uh brought le- legends of the center which is dutch for saint nicholas 
So it's it's interesting, you know, through time how things have changed and and when things happened. Um, you know, and and Christmas wasn't always about Santa Claus bringing gifts. You know, Christmas uh, was a festive holiday, you know, that we love today. But uh, in early New England, it was uh, shunned. Um, Saint Nicholas, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, <laughs> Saint Nicholas, it was lacked lacked a cheerful figure for who brought gifts and was celebrated outdoors with alcohol. Um, so, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's I'll go back to, to that. that. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> so, it, 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 over time, I mean, it, it, there's so many things that have happened to it. I mean, and through dates, um, you know, looking back here, he didn't always have a round belly. Uh, in 1809, an author, author Washington Irving, helped shape Santa's image in his book, Knickerbocker's History of New York. Uh, he then described St. Nicholas as a pipe-smoking, slim figure flying over rooftops in a wagon, delivering presents to good children and switches to the bad. And we've all had our share of switches in the... Lumps of coal. Switches. <laughs> <Lumps of> coal. <laughs> so Santa... Santa's changed through the years. Santa has changed through the years, and, and Santa with us today, his shape changes uh, just depending on how he feels, doesn't it? Yeah, and you talk about the switches for the bad kids. In the Netherlands, for instance, Santa had a sidekick named Grumpus who threatened to kidnap naughty kids. So think, <laughs> How about that? So going back to that, a couple years ago, there was a Christmas movie, Grumpus, which was a horror type movie sci-fi horror grumpus grumpus that's where it came from yeah yeah so now we know we think ruben's over there Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting um i mean i know there's a lot of history and different beliefs of santa claus but i I realize he he fared a bad fellow with him that's sort of yeah grumpus look it up grumpus go to netflix stop in grumpus i will yeah so santa claus we noticed when you came in tonight your suit wasn't red so can you tell us a little bit about why yours isn't red? Well, <clears throat> I think they changed it to red because of Coca-Cola. That's what Coca-Cola wanted to do. They wanted to commercialize it. So people out there may be saying, say what? That's right. My suit that I have is burgundy. Burgundy. With the old trim. So what Santa Claus is telling us is true, Eric. You know, because Santa never lies, but back in 1931... Uh, Coca-Cola teamed up with uh, Haddon Sundbloom to create the illustration of a warm, friendly, and pleasantly plump figure with a white beard and a red coat. So from 1931 to 1964, that illustration was used in ads uh, where Santa would deliver gifts and stop to make a moment and enjoy a Coca-Cola. So from there, that is kind of what we have become to know as what santa claus is supposed to look like but back through history santa claus has been dressed in numerous different colors so it just goes to show some things are are a certain way so what year was that that was in 1931 yeah so come around to the 60s when these these shows came out on tv they were claymation type shows right right? rudolph the red-nosed reindeer santa claus is coming to town uh, you know, Frosty the Snowman, which was an animation, Santa became big, fat, and jolly. He wasn't big and fat to start with on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. In fact, Mrs. Claus goes, eat! Right. Eat! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Santa had gotten skinny in he that did. show, and I remember that. Eat, yeah. Santa, eat! 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna make everybody feel old. How old is Santa's favorite reindeer? And his favorite reindeer, of course, is Rudolph. Rudolph. That's Rudolph. right. Santa, we asked Santa. He gives us the answer. So I'm thinking he's about 80 years old. Wow. Well, you should know Santa though, because he's yours. So, but yes, you're right. Rudolph is 80 years old. Made popular by the Gene Autry. Is that right? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yeah. It was by Gene Autry. Right. And it was way before the movie. Yeah, that's true. I got you there. Yeah, you How got about 19... No, the movie was 64. 64 is the movie. Gene Autry, the king of the cow, singing right. cowboys. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up, but it was 50s when he did that, probably. I believe that is still a number one selling single. Actually, off the red nosed reindeer. Actually, Alan, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you wrong. Oh, is it earlier than that? 30s. It's earlier than that. 30s. 19, in 1939, Robert L. May, uh, from a, a copywriter at Montgomery Ward, wrote a story poem to drive traffic to the store during the Christmas holidays. Uh, he used a similar rhyme pattern to "Twas the Night Before Christmas" to tell the Rudolph story. Um, so it sold two million copies. And in 1949, it was made into the popular song sung around Christmas to this day. So it started in 39, and 1949 was the song. But I don't know when your recording was. But that, well, the recording was Gene Autry. Okay. So in 1939, it started in 1949 is when it um, became very popular. So speaking of the reindeer, it's believed that the, the weight of the sleigh to carry all those toys around the world would weigh 400,000 tons. Tons. <laughs> so now you think about those reindeer and how magical they are that they can they can haul that 400,000 tons and they calculate that if they were regular reindeer it would take 360,000. So what year did you say the song was released? Uh, 1949. Yes it was by Gene Autry. By St. Nicholas Music Publishing Company. How about that? <laughs> there you go. So, Jeff, what was that again? How many reindeer would it take? Regular reindeer would take 360,000 reindeer. So, first of all, regular reindeer don't fly. That's right. They can have right, magic right. corn. Magic corn. That's so how I magic. Gotta, that's, that's oh, speaking magic. of reindeer, i got to tell you a story. So, I travel uh, the Norwood Lateral when I go to my main office, which I haven't been going to too often because I've been going to the job site. Well, I started this week because I had meetings this week there. I'm on the Norwood Lateral, and I look up, great big billboard. Yep. Reindeer encounter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're oh, advertising yeah. it. Yeah. White so Tail Acres. White Tail Acres White reindeer right encounters. here locally for us. And, yeah, I mean, they have, they've got reindeer in Indianapolis, and they've got reindeer in other places uh, regionally. So it's pretty cool how that developed. Yeah, with we had them on the show. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, right, just had so. them on the show recently. That's great. So tell us some more about Santa Claus. First of all, Santa, can you give us one of your ho ho hos? Merry Christmas! Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas! Oh, you know what I think you need? Eat, Santa! Eat! <laughs> Come on, Santa! Hey, he's got a few more days. Yeah, he does. He has. Done. It's this the week away. I got plenty of cookies to eat on. There right. you go. Well, while we're talking to Santa and we're going over this name, so what is your favorite name? Or did we ask you that? What's your favorite name being called? Mine would have to be Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle. Yep. Fantastic. That's but, good. you know, they've also called me Chris Kind over, oh. in, over in Sweden and Germany. And in France, they call me Pierre Noel. 
There are times in your life when you just need to relax. The best place to do it in Brookville, Indiana is Tranquility Massage by Shelly. Located at 440 Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Let her take all your troubles away. Shelly is a licensed massage therapist. Check out her specials leading up into Christmas gift certificates. Buy two, get one free. That's right. Tranquility Massage by Shelly at 440 Main Street. Or you can call her at 765-309-1478. Tranquility Massage by Shelly. Top Sale Hemp provides affordable CBD and hemp products that help alleviate pain and ailments due to arthritis and inflammation. According to a poll conducted by the Arthritis Foundation, 71% of all patients reported CBD improved their ability to sleep, while 67% reported improvements in their physical function. Top Sale Hemp has something for everybody, from CBD pain cream to oils and more. Find your peace and relaxation using Top Sale Hemp's proven lab-tested CBD products. They can be found at TopSaleHemp.com. Use discount code 15 24 to get your 10% discount today. Top Sale Hemp. Go check them out. Batesville Liquor Co. located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana. They've got some upcoming tastings, and let me tell you what they've got there now. These are barrel picks, one-off barrels, selected by Batesville Liquor Co. They've got Remus. They've got New Roof. They've got Makers, Mark Private Selection. They've got Jefferson, Lee Sinclair, the Maddie Gladden, William Dalton, Bullet, and coming soon, Yellowstone. In fact, the Yellowstone release will be on December 4th at 5.30 p.m., and the Cross the Line 1524 crew will be there with you. We got to help pick it out. They've got other barrel picks coming up soon, including Jefferson's Ocean, Knob Creek, Off Hours, Ezra Brooks, and 1792. All those will be announced once they're available. Did you know at Batesville Liquor Co., you can get a case discount 10% off, and you can mix and match your spirits and wine as long as it's 750 milliliter or larger. If there's a wine or spirit that you can't find while shopping there, ask them. They can special order just for you. Batesville Liquor Co.'s located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, or stop in at Tebby Liquor at 664 Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. You can check them out on the web or Facebook or give them a call. Batesville Liquor Co. at 812-934-3017 or Tebby Liquor, 765-647-6682. Stop into either location for some of the best liquor beer, and wine selections in southeastern Indiana. Batesville Liquor Co. and Tebby Liquors. Ooh, wow. Very good. I got a little French in there. You do. Got a little French. And while we're on the French, um, do you know who sends the most letters to Santa every year? I'm going to guess based on how you ask that question. <laughs> I was I was trying to you know unlike Alan's questions, I gave you the you answer leaders. in the you question. I was like, "Ha." Ah. So yes, the French give send the most letters to Santa every year, which was something very interesting. So do you know the letters uh, in the United States, all the letters addressed to Santa go to Santa's Santa, favorite town, Santa Claus, Indiana. That's right. That's, right. That's my favorite place. There they celebrate it year round. That's I right. haven't been there for a while. Well, you know, you mentioned that in France in 2013, France spent the mo- sent the most uh, letters of 1.7 million letters in France. Canada sent 1.3 million, 
and United States sent a million letters to Santa. That's a lot of reading, Santa. It's a lot of reading. That's a lot of writing. I, I stay up late at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and on on a little bit on Santa Claus, Indiana too. There's a group of volunteers there, Santa's assistants, that the letters that come in there, they respond and send letters back to the kids. So. Uh, yeah, help Santa out. Santa's right. helpers. I mean, Santa needs a lot of help. I mean, he's got a lot to do. He's got things on his mind. He's got to eat. Eat, eat. Santa, eat. But, uh, you know, that is a pretty cool thing, though. If you send a letter to Santa Claus, Indiana, you'll get a response it back. Is. So that it is. is. That is pretty neat that there's a lot of helpers there that, um, you know, try to help keep things going. Oh, so, so Santa, you know – Everybody thinks that Mrs. Claus has been around for a while. So how long did it take you to finally decide to settle down and, and get your little missus to help with, um, you know, with all your uh, deeds and duties you have to do? Well, there's so much for me to do, and I needed a helper and somebody to take care of me. You know, Mrs. Claus has a lot to do. You're high She's, maintenance, aren't you? Yes, I am. So, do you help? She's, you got help? To, she's got to feed me. Do you help decorate the Christmas tree? <laughs> no, I, Mrs. Claus does a wonderful job. Good answer. Yeah, good she answer. She does a good job. But you know, she's the one that keeps me on schedule. She's there the you one. Go. That we saw that. So, um, so if you have watched the '60s, Santa Claus is coming to town. You'll see where Chris Kringle met. The future, right, Mrs. Claus, right, and then she kind of kept him in line. And, uh, and and a couple years later, you got to watch Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, where Mrs. Claus so, really kept him in so, line. So the trivia, who was the who, there's trivia? Who was the guy that took away the toys? The um, um, oh, uh, Burger Meister Meister Burger, yeah, Burger Meister <laughs> Meister Burger. <laughs> that was in the '60s. He was portrayed as a German. German, that's right. Not long after World War II was over with, so right. it's kind of. So does any does anybody know why Santa's main home, the North Pole, was chosen there to be his main home? Just to keep his reindeer alive, because that's where they're from, the North Pole. Well, because of the cold. Uh, I would venture to say there's no reindeer in the North Pole. Well, Santa's reindeer. Santa's reindeer. Oh, okay. Because reindeer are prone to living in colder climates. Gotcha. gotcha. Today, they have evolved to live to evolve to, to survive freezing temperatures low as minus eighty eight degrees Fahrenheit. Really? Wow. So that it only made sense that Santa would put his main location where the chilly weather would best suit his helpers. You know, how many thousand reindeer did you say we had to have? 330,000, I think it was. So that takes a lot of area where, you know, the, the reindeer got plenty of room to roam. So, you know, he's got to switch out throughout the night to keep fresh fresh reindeer to keep that sleigh moving. So perfect places being in the North Pole. You know, if it's 80 below zero, I bet they don't have a lot of hunters up there. That's true. That's See? Right. And that's part of it, too. So they're safe and protected. That's right. It's a safe place to be. I right? mean, you ain't got too many people who are going to try to creep on and get any photos. You ain't got too many paparazzi up there trying to get photos. They're mm-hmm. going to leave you alone. 88 degrees below zero. That's cold. So when we all, as we were grilled a little earlier by one of the wives about shopping, uh department store santas how long do you think there's been that part of santa claus around does anybody have an idea the shopping and the present part 
Well, just the department store Santa, where uh, Santa's at the department store to kind of get people to come in. How long do you think that's been going on? I guess somewhere around the Depression area, 30s and 40s. I would say 40s. You're in the right decade? Wrong. Uh, <laughs> Was it 30s or the 40s? No, it's, no you're in the right decade, oh, okay. but the wrong century. Okay. Really? 17th century? It was 1800s. 1800s. So 1841 was the first time a shop in Philadelphia attracted thousands of children by offering the opportunity to see a life-size Santa model. Uh, Other stores heard the news and followed the shop's lead. Soon children were told they could see a live Santa. Uh, a fun fact, since 1924, the Macy's Santa has appeared at almost every Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, where thousands of children and adults line up to see the Merry Man ring in the holiday season each year. So for over, well, we're going on almost 200 years, you know, 1940, it could be long, it's going to be 2040. It makes yeah. us all feel really old. Yeah. Not as old as Santa, but... He's looking pretty good, pretty good for, you yeah. know. We're so, looking- actually, I was kind of curious, Santa, what you do to prevent wind burn because according to the information I have and the miles you travel, your sleigh has to travel 1,800 miles per second. That sounds like it's some um, serious wind going on there. Yes, there is, but I got that magic stardust. Do you? <laughs> it's got do. red gold in it. You got a little fireball in it. <laughs> fireball helps me. And you know, we talk about how much weight Santa has. He's a big old boy, right? It says that in the uh, he has millions of kids around the globe that leave habit, uh, leave uh, give him bad habits. If every household leaves an average of thirty three thousand tons of sugar uh, for Santa, <laughs> that means a single evening he consumes three hundred and seventy four billion calories, thirty three tons of sugar. And the 151,000 tons of fat. Yeah, but look at all the chimneys he's climbing up and down that same night. And that's how he, that's why burns he keeps it off. He burns it off, right? He's got to keep the energy going. Well, you got and like Alan said, you've got a lot of a lot of work. I mean, it's like when you go to the gym to work out, you're supposed to you're supposed to you you bulk up and eat up before you go, so you've got all those calories to burn. He's going to go all night long, so it's just got to be a constant burn to keep that's going. Right. I mean, there's only so much red gold you can use to keep you going. <laughs> oh. And you also know that, you know, NORAD tracks the Santa every year, and you can actually go to their site and track Santa throughout the entire Christmas Eve evening. Throughout the yeah, night. it's pretty cool. And NORAD is pretty yeah. cool. What is that site? Uh, it's not loaded on here, but I know it's it's like track Santa at NORAD.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you uh, can actually watch. In fact, we, we have a pre-flight plan. So uh, uh, Christmas Eve, we have our Creekside Church service, and yep. he's stopping there. Yes, yes. So it's pretty wild. And uh, one of the other uh, uh, the traditions that I guess that we all have grown up with is leaving something, as Rue was saying, leaving something out for Santa. Cookies um, and milk. Right. But <clears throat> it started out as people were leaving things in um, – uh, during the Great Depression, it was an effort to teach the children the importance of showing gratitude um, during, during the economic hardships. So when parents encouraged their children to leave out milk and cookies for Santa and a carrot or two for the reindeer to help them understand that 
you know, things were tough, so it, it's good to share, um, you know, and kind of help build compassion for the kids that it's not just about getting, it's about giving too, which is, you know, some pretty cool stuff. God bless those parents for starting that tradition. Thank you. Because <laughs> Santa needs to eat. Eat, eat Santa, eat. <laughs> oh, so, and, and, and in different parts of the world, because Santa has such a broad appetite, uh, in Australia and the United Kingdom, kids leave out sherry and mince pies. Oh, that well, sounds pretty. That sounds sound like a good deal there. Can we tag along when you hit hit that part of the world? We might help you out a little bit. Uh, the Swedish kids leave rice porridge. I don't know, that, don't, that don't sound too good. You leave a lot. You probably leave the rice porridge. There's a lot of carbs there. So <laughs> well, he burns a lot. That's true. Uh, and and Santa in Ireland. Uh, I think this is probably Santa's probably favorite stop because in Ireland they have a pint of Guinness. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be warm there now. I, well, but see, it, it 80, when he's out with the eighty below and the wind chill, yeah. having a warm Guinness cool probably well, it probably makes you feel good. Get a little oh, warm, yeah. a little warm beer inside you. Yeah. I love hot chocolate, cocoa. Oh, yeah. Hot chocolate and cocoa. I used to, growing up, we baked chocolate chip cookies, and we left chocolate chip cookies and milk out there. And Santa would always leave a couple crumbs, so, you you know, he didn't eat the whole thing. Did you leave carrots for my reindeer? Uh, You know, I did not do that. I think a neighbor probably did that. Good. I mean, I was taking care of the main man. And, Alan, I know you just got out of your uh, bourbon master schooling. Uh, Bourbon Stewart, yes. Bourbon Stewart, so... So read that to us, Santa. Read us, Santa's. Dear Santa, I've been very good, but just in case, can I bribe you with a cookie? (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Oh, but Alan, since he's graduated his bourbon steward class, did you know there's a Santa university you can go to? Wow, it's just like this moonshine university. Is that in Santa Claus, Indiana? No, it's not. It's in Colorado, which I'm not sure how it ended up in Colorado. Because you can get a Rocky Mountain High there. <laughs> Better talk to Gage. Get that special... Uh, spe- <laughs> oh, hip oil there going on. Yeah, this is, yeah we're going the wrong way. Uh, but anyway, uh, since it is such a tough job, you can take it to go to Colorado where there's Santa University. It's located in Westminster, Colorado. It's a four-day training program, so it, it's it's tough. It's rigorous. You got four days. Got a thousand, and, he, and I think part of the rules are you have to be naturally bearded. People show up to learn the ins and outs of how to be the best Santa possible. I can imagine. Eat Santa, eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, and now since we're entering, uh, well, back, I guess we'll go back in time again. Um, before there was post offices, uh, children had to figure out a way to get letters to Santa and get their notes to Santa. So it was children were taught to burn their letters and hope that the ashes would rise up to Santa and he would be able to get his letters that way. So Santa, did, did that help? Did that work, I guess, back in those days? Yep. Somewhat did. A little bit harder to probably... Just depend upon how windy it was. Have been how windy, yeah? Yeah. Well, now that we're in the in the 2000s, you can email Santa. Yes, you can. So you can go to emailsanta.com. is just one of the sites. 
where you can get a direct pipeline to the gift giver. Um, so if you're running late, you haven't got that letter set, the post office says it's probably too late now to put a stamp on it and get in there. So you have that opportunity now. You can go send an email to Santa. So it's never too late to get your information to Santa. So Santa, um, there's a poem attributed to you called "Twas the Night Before Christmas." You and like all that poem? The house. And all through the house, not a creature you know? is stirring, and not even a mouse. That to this day, they n- do not know who that poem is attributed to. Huh? It was first published in the paper in 1923 and was delivered anonymously. No kidding. Huh. Oh. I didn't know that. Right. Here we go. I'm busy, Mama. It's almost <laughs> Christmas. Who ever heard of a skinny Santa? Yeah. Eat. <laughs> I do believe that may be Alan's favorite. That is Christmas my favorite show. Christmas show. Yeah, yeah how, how could we tell? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I grew up. I mean, I got it. I got DVDs of it. I just, you know, I mean, it's growing up. That was the show. You know what's great about that? Rankin Bass did those things back in the sixties. Yeah, it is to this day. There is not one show made with that kind of quality. And and it was it stop so, good. so it was claymation stop motion. Yeah. I mean every sinking. It's yeah. just amazing. What it's they amazing did what they that. did. Yeah. I mean even back then cartoons it was right. frame by, by frame. frame. Yeah. And you remember it's been two years ago I think the uproar and the outrage when they sold the rights to those shows and they were going to go um, to a streaming service and be taken off of mainstream TV. The outrage and uproar of people were just, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen the country and the world unite so much to get something brought back. And they're back on regular TV. I don't know who lost money in the deal, but somebody did because they're still on because they were just playing. I don't know. It's been a couple days ago. I Mm -hmm. saw um, a couple of them playing. So, um, it's been pretty that, that that part of it was pretty cool that everybody stood together to keep those uh, on TV. So Santa got a question for you. You travel the world, you do all kinds of things. You make a lot of visits. What's your favorite type of visit that you make? My favorite what? type of visit that you make. Is it the old elderly, the young, the middle aged? What's your favorite type of visiting that you do? The ones that I like to do would be at the hospitals. The hospitals. The kids that are not doing too well, who've never seen Santa, because those kids are more appreciative to get the attention. Yes. That'd definitely be the hospitals. The hospital, great. It's awesome. You know, we had the lady, uh, Whitetail Acres, when I was talking about delivering her reindeer, and she made a comment on there, and I still think today, thinking about that, and how much joy the retirement folks get from the reindeer they they do they had people with alzheimer's that remember the reindeer's names a year later and it's just something you you think about that where where it hits the most you know i went with alice one time up to valparaiso to a nursing home up there and i remember the 72 year old lady and the only thing she wanted for christmas is for her left side to work on her face she had a had stroke. a stroke. Stroke, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> and after I said, well, I wish you the best of luck. Mm-hmm. I'll keep praying for you. And her daughter came up to me later 
before she left and thanked me because that's the first time she had ever talked to Santa. No kidding. Really? Yes. Wow. That's wow. awesome. It is. You know what? I don't know what else you got to talk about Santa Claus about, but that that's to it. me, that's that, it right there. That's enough. Yeah. Santa, you have a wonderful effect on people around the world. I want to thank you for coming and visiting us tonight and for all that you do around the world. Thank you, and I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Well, if you're looking to learn more about the bourbon country in probably the most unorthodox way you've ever heard it, you need to listen to Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. You can join the Bow Brothers, a couple of longtime goofy radio DJs from Kentucky, and learn more about what makes the heart of bourbon country so famous. You can listen to the Bow Brothers as they look to interview experts in the bourbon industry and other things that are truly unique to Central Kentucky, like wineries, craft breweries, caves, kayaking, you name it. It's Two Shots on a Barrel podcast with the Bow Brothers. You can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Two Shots on a Barrel you can learn more about Kentucky, only the way the Bow Brothers can bring it, on Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. It's time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. They've got whatever you need for your fall warm-up drinks. That's right. Whether you're looking for a ready-to-drink cocktail a mixer for your cocktails, a fine bourbon, a vodka, a rum, a gin, whatever you need, they have. Some of the things they've got there now, of course, you heard our podcast several weeks ago with Wally Dant. Uh, So all the Monk's Road products are there, which is awesome, as well as their new Tennessee whiskey, Rattle and Snap. Go get you some. The official premium cocktail of the Cincinnati Bengals, Canvas, they've got it. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail, uh, raspberry lemonade, cucumber jalapeno, bourbon lemon spice, and bourbon mule. It comes in a variety pack, all four of those flavors. Grab you some, sit down on a Sunday, and watch the Bengals. And back in from Crown Royal, they have their salted caramel Crown Royal whiskey. You know, you need a little crown every now and then. It's time to start prepping for the holidays as well. They got McAfee's Benchmark, old number eight brand, eggnog. That's right, get your eggnog on. And if you're into Smirnoff, they have the Red, White, and Merry Smirnoff Ice Holiday Punch. That's a good way to spike the punch bowl. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor in Brookville, Indiana. Batesville Liquor Co.'s located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor is on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. Cheers. Gilman Home Centers with 15 locations and growing, and it's the fall of the year. That's right. You may need some leaf rakes or maybe leaf bags, or maybe it's time to split that pile of wood and you need to rent a log splitter because... You know what? The winters are coming. Are you a hunter? Gilman Home Centers also offers hunting licenses along with fishing licenses. That's right. Gilman's Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. 
Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama and her kerchief and I in my cap, we had just settled down our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the roof there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of a midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they met with the obstacle mount to the sky, up on that housetop those curses they flew with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof a prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and I turned around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came down, came with a bound. He was dressed in all fur from his head to his foot, with his clothes were all covered tarnished ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and a beard on his chin was as white as snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl of full jelly. He had a chubby and he was chubby and plump and right jolly old elf. I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose, he sprang to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle in a way they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Merry Christmas! You've been listening to Cross the Line 1524 with all the guys, whether we're at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy or out on the road. You know we always have a great time. Hey, check out our webpage at www.crossthelline1524.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Podcast 1524 on Twitter. 
and cross the line 15 slash 24 on Facebook. Out the door.